Welcome to the Wolverine Confidential Podcast. I am Andrew Kahn. I'm Ryan Zook. And I'm Aaron McMahon. We do not have a Michigan football game to preview today. The Wolverines canceled this weekend's game against Maryland because of a COVID-19 outbreak. Does the program deserve any criticism for canceling? Where does Michigan go from here? What about the effect on recruiting? We've got you covered on Wolverine Confidential. Well, guys, we, uh, we're recording here on a Friday. Could delay it a, a day because, you know, it's not like we need to rush to get it out to preview this game. Uh, this this podcast will be uh, fresh for, for days, potentially weeks. Who knows when Michigan will play again? I guess initial reactions to the game being canceled. I'll tell you mine. I wasn't surprised given where things were headed throughout the week. Yeah, it seemed like it was trending that way. Uh, when we talked to Jim Harbaugh Monday, he said that there was an increased number of potential presumptive positive COVID-19 cases in the program. And when you find out that practices canceled Tuesday, uh, it, it left a little, you know, little wiggle time, I guess, you know, we find out Wednesday and it's canceled. So it's not a big surprise. Uh, I think it was inevitable just based on what we've seen around the, the league and, and the country at this point. I mean, you've seen games that canceled left and right. Several big 10 teams have experienced outbreaks you know, I even pointed out to Ryan in the press box Saturday before the game, we were listening to the radio show, the pregame radio show from, you know, before Michigan, Penn State, you know, Josh Gaddis, Don Brown, and Jim Harbaugh all sounded like they had colds. They all sounded sick. So like, uh, I guess this, is, this isn't a surprise to any of us. I mean, they're, you know, cases are going up across the country. It was probably only a matter of time until, until it infected the Michigan football team. I guess my reaction was, Hey, the defense isn't going to give up 400 yards this week. So, I mean, that's a plus, but yeah, no, it, uh, that's a good point, Aaron. I forgot that, that you mentioned that. It, it, all three of them did sound sick on the radio show before the game. It's like, wow, that's – I mean, a lot of times in the middle of the season, the, the coaches' ho- or, uh, voices will sound hoarse just from, you know, being a football coach. But it definitely did sound sick. But, yeah, I mean, it is – the more silence we heard or that we had from Mission's program, we kind of knew something was going to be up. And sure enough, the game ended up being canceled. So then Tuesday night, I believe, uh, is the ESPN – playoff ranking show and Kirk Herbstreet, an analyst for the network just starts talking, saying words out of his mouth. Like we do here on this podcast all the time, but he gets himself into some hot water by just suggesting with no evidence and sort of out of nowhere, you know, that Michigan may be ducking. He's looking ahead already. Michigan's game had not even been canceled yet. I don't think against, against Maryland this Saturday, but looking ahead to the following Saturday, final weekend of the regular season, Michigan, Ohio state, He's an Ohio State alum, played quarterback there, and says, you know, Michigan could be, you know, just sitting out, waving the white flag, avoiding Ohio State. And, uh, yeah, basically, is this fair that it it would, you know, keep Ohio State out of, you know, the Big Ten championship if they don't meet the minimum number of games? (laughs) This has caused a lot of stir. We'll get to the Michigan reaction initially, but I don't know. Was it it kind of bizarre to hear like a kind of message board conspiracy come to life on, on ESPN? Yeah, it was, I was watching it live just because I was I was curious to see you know where they would where the committee was going to keep Ohio State where you know maybe BYU I was you know I was just watching happened happened to be watching and, and I heard Herb Street's comments and yeah they went off the rails I thought pretty quickly you know he did he he cited evidence that he had heard from coaches around the country that t- teams were ducking other teams um, now it is important to point out here that Herb Street's son is on the Clemson football team and Clemson just had a game with Florida State canceled but he he I think inappropriately linked Michigan into all of this. I think the Michigan, Ohio, Michigan's, you know, issue came up, he brought it up, you know, it was out without facts. It was, it was baseless. 
Uh, just I think it was irresponsible. He realized it. And then the, the funny thing is, even on the broadcast, and for those of you that watch or maybe didn't watch, Reese Davis gave him an opportunity later on the next segment to try and take those comments back. And he, and he really didn't do it. You know, he seemed very, you know, irritated, you know, pissed off, I guess. Is it, it sounds like he generally believes there are some teams across the country that are ducking opponents and they're using COVID as an excuse for it. In the case of Michigan, there's just no real evidence to, to prove that. I mean, we haven't gotten numbers yet officially from the university, but there was a report out here Thursday night that Michigan had a dozen cases. And it just, to me, it, it's just, it, it lacks, there's just no, I, I don't know, it doesn't make sense to me because Jim Harbaugh, if you know anything about Jim Harbaugh, he's the ultimate competitor. He, I don't think he would duck a game or an opponent for anything, no matter how bad this Michigan football team is. If you give Jim Harbaugh the opportunity to play a football, football game and coach a football game, he's going to do it. Forget 12 guys out. If he had 12 guys available, he'd go out there and play a game, I think. He'd suit up at quarterback if need be. So, yes, I thought that was just off off base. Now, to answer Herb Street's one question, is it fair that Ohio State could miss out on the Big Ten Championship because of no fault of their own? Granted, one of their games was because of their own outbreak, uh, but others would be because of other teams. I mean, no, it's not, but that's that's 2020 for you. I mean, this is it's a it's a strange season. And the, the fact is, I think that Ohio State can get into the playoff even without appearing in a Big Ten championship game. Might be better served by not playing Northwestern in a <laughs> Big Ten championship game. Instead, maybe a little COVID bowl against Wisconsin, two teams that didn't get to uh, play their maximum number of games and it might be viewed as a big opponent. So I thought it was off base. But and he realized it. Yeah, he apologized. Herb Street apologized. Uh, it was kind of pathetic, but he apologized. <laughs> Then Michigan, Michigan claps back with Ward Manuel putting out a, a, a video statement, essentially. They passed it off as an interview, but it was, it was, a, it was a statement, you know, in which he is fired up, uh, rightfully so, and, uh, you know, criticizes. Herb Street says anyone who suggests that they were intentionally avoiding the game is a fool. And, you know, then Michigan released some medical experts talking about, you know, a lot of different things. But uh, I guess what did you make of Michigan's response? I think it needed to happen. I mean, that you needed, I think, either Jim to come out and, and address it or Harbaugh or Ward Manuel or someone to do it. And, and they did. I, I thought Ward's statements were, you know, appropriate. Um, I, I still question the transparency here for Michigan. They, they've kind of let this door open here and it still remains open because they haven't disclosed any numbers, the number of cases, number of folks affected by this. So it, it does leave open the, the, op, the you know, the, the thought process from a fan or an outside observer to say, well, maybe Michigan is hacking in the season and deciding not to play anymore. I mean, I, I can't tell you how many folks I've heard from many Michigan fans who have said the same thing, whether it's my inbox or it's DMs, or I've had friends text me and they ask me the same thing and they're all Michigan fans. So they, they, I guess they necessarily wouldn't blame Michigan if that were the case. But the fact <laughs> is that Michigan hasn't been transparent here for this whole thing. And they've kind of left the door open for, for, you know, ideas to, to kind of permeate there. And that's, I think one of the reasons why you saw Kirk Herbstreit go on TV the other night and spew that stuff. That is a very valid point, too. And I can maybe understand at, at Tuesday at that point in the week when you're still trying to get PCR tests confirmed and whatnot, but it's now Friday and we still don't have any confirmation from University of Michigan Athletics. And you see around the country, yeah, you can understand why why they won't release names, but to, a lot of schools are releasing numbers just to, to be transparent, and Michigan has yet to do that. So I definitely don't think Michigan is completely – doesn't deserve any – I don't want to say blame here, but, like, I mean, they, they could have handled the situation a little bit differently as well, in my opinion. 
I agree. Today is Friday, which means usually an update from Michigan on its overall COVID numbers in the athletic department. That will be, again, the, the number, whatever it is, will be a total number for the athletic department. So no, or, you know, all student athletes. So it won't exactly tell us whether the football team is elevated. There could be an outbreak with, you know, the track team that we don't know about, but it'll give us maybe a little bit of a, a sign of, of, where things are with the football team. But yeah, other schools, certainly if the head coach has it, they, they put that out there. Um, mm-hmm. So yes, it's just, um, you know, Ward Mandel is not taking questions from like the media at large in months and months. I, I don't and believe know. me, we've tried. I mean, I've tried as late as uh, earlier <laughs> this week to try and talk to him and he, their athletic department has, has declined it. I'll say this, Michigan is not, they're not in a unique situation by having to cancel the game. There's 14 teams in the Big Ten and there's only four that have gone through this season so far unscathed. That's Indiana, Rutgers, Iowa, and Northwestern. And Northwestern will have that streak end this week because their game against Minnesota, I believe it's Minnesota, is is has already been canceled. So, you know, you got three teams out of 14 that have been able to play every game on their schedule so far. You know, either because they, they've avoided the outbreak and their opponents have. So, you know, for some teams, it's been because of the opponent. Some it's been because of them. Some both. But here we are. This is this is just college football in, in 2020. So, yeah, real quickly. I mean, I remember even when when the Big Ten announced its schedule and decided to wait one more week to kind of get rid of that bye week. I, I was like, well, man, you would almost just hope that they could just gear things up one week quicker and just have one bye week built in to maybe uh, a saving grace a little bit and a buffer. But uh, here we are in week whatever seven now and and there's been cancellations throughout the conference so you want you wonder if there's any regrets there on, on how they decided to roll out the schedule but yeah like you said it's the big Ten's not the only conference experiencing these cancellations but the big Ten is one of the few that doesn't have any bye weeks built in too so yep and you know like you guys were saying the lack of transparency for michigan left the door open for you know some speculation on say, Hey, Cade McNamara, he had to come out of the game last week. He seemed hurt. He is hurt. Maybe he's, he's, his injury is more serious than initially believed. You know, maybe Joe Milton is, is also banged up and, and unhappy about losing the starting job. And, and it starts snowballing where you start thinking, geez, they, they have to either decide if they want to play a game with, you know, a, a under recruited true freshman uh, who's never seen the field. <laughs> And no one really backing him up at quarterback or say, hey, we've got some cases here. We don't meet that red, red or red, orange, you know, big 10 threshold. But let's pause this thing. I mean, you just don't know because they haven't been they haven't said anything. So, yeah, what where where does what are the you know negative effects of not playing besides just, you know, not having a chance to to get a win and try to, you know, salvage some of this season? I have to imagine there might be, you know, recruiting uh, effects as well. Yeah, it's hard to say really if by not playing, if they're going to, is that hurting or helping them in some cases? I mean, if they turn in another couple of performances like, like that we've seen at, at some times this season, um, that could maybe negatively affect them on the recruiting trail even more. But as we're seeing in, in this past, past week, the, the Penn State loss and just the struggles overall the seasons and the uncertainty surrounding this coaching staff appears to uh, have appears to have natively affected the recruiting trail. And the one 2022 safety commit, a four-star Isaac Thompson from St. Louis, a top 200 player set to announce his commitment today. And uh, a couple weeks ago, after he visited during the Wisconsin game, all the crystal balls on the recruiting sites were, were 
trending towards towards Michigan. And he just went on a, a visit to his home state, Missouri, uh, this this past weekend. And now it's it could be a 50 50 uh, toss up here today on, on who he chooses. But I think Mo- Missouri grabbed a lot of momentum this past week and the uncertainty surrounding the safety coach position. I mean, we don't really know what's what's happening with Bob Shoup. So that, that's one thing. And Xavier Worthy, a top 100 prospect in the 2021 class, has been committed to Michigan since July, just visited Alabama this past weekend. And now he, he says he's going to make a decision between Michigan and Alabama on uh, when the early signing period begins on December 16th. And I would have to say that Alabama is in the lead here. I mean, they have been the most dominant team in college football this season. They churn out first round receivers, it seems like left and right in the NFL draft. And uh, there's a lot of stability in, w- within that program on the coaching staff and, and that you just don't have that at Michigan right now. So, I mean, recruiting could get ugly here in the next couple of weeks with, with the early signing period quickly approaching. A couple things on that too. Xavier Worthy, I'm just going to say it right out here. It sounds like he decommitted. I mean, to have a commitment, committed player come out and say, I'm going to be choosing between Michigan and another school, in this case, Alabama, in two weeks or whenever it was December 16th when he, when he said it. Tells me that he's decommitted from Michigan without having to say it. Yeah, um, he already he already did his his he already chose between school among schools and he chose Michigan and now he's choosing again. So there's, yeah, there's we got point point A and C, but point B is missing here. But I think Aaron has filled it in for us. Yeah, it was bizarre when I saw that tweet. I'm like, well, he's he's gone, which I guess doesn't surprise me given the way they played. I mean, Michigan they're poorly, and then it doesn't help either that Jim Harbaugh's kind of future is up in the air. Yes, he has one year left on his deal, but there's so much talk around his his the uncertainty of whether what's going to happen next year. And so they, I don't think Michigan's helping itself either by not, not clearing the air with, with regard to Jim's Jim's future. There are many factors that uh, let me just jump in. There's many factors that elite players choose that uh, consider when choosing a school, but number one is the head coach of the school. you can talk about, you know, the location, uh, whether they grew up a fan, uh, you know, getting guys to the NFL, although that's tied with the coach too, you know, the, the culture and feeling like family and an assistant coach they had a bond with. Number one, though, is that head coach. And if there's uncertainty there, and there is because he's, he's going into the last year of his contract, that would affect players uh, recruiting. Yeah, just to, to kind of dive into the receiver position in the 2021 class real quick. I mean, Michigan at one point had four commits from receivers in this 21 pla- 2021 class. They already received one decommitment from uh, three-star Marcus Allen, who's actually – risen in the rankings quite a bit this this year after a strong senior season. He has since flipped to Wisconsin, and there's still the uncertainty surrounding Andrell Anthony, too, the East Lansing native uh, three-star receiver who, I mean, at this point is still committed to Michigan, but Michigan State continues to push for him hard and recruit him hard to try and flip him. And and Michigan State's coming off a a top-10 win over over Northwestern. So, I mean, they haven't had the greatest season, but they've had a couple statement wins to maybe get a little bit of momentum going for for Mel Tucker. So I mean, for a promising start in this uh, in this receiver class in this 2021 20, uh, cycle, it, it could end up being a, a pretty disappointing haul f- for Michigan if they can't close with some of these guys. Andrew Anthony is fascinating to me just because yes, he's only a three star kid. He's not highly ranked, but he's he's from East Lansing. Everyone had him pegged, and we've talked about this in the past. Everyone had him pegged to Michigan State originally. He flips to Michigan, and now you're saying he's thinking about going back to Michigan State. Like that to me is just bizarre. 
Uh, but that's, I think, the state of, of play at this point. You know, you, you've got Michigan before this coming into the season, at least, looked like a much more stable program that was, you know, going to have more success earlier on. And now you've seen the, the, the way the season's gone. Michigan State beat Michigan. Michigan State pulled the upset Northwestern Saturday. And you've got a, you know, a coach that doesn't look like he's going anywhere in, in Mel Tucker. So that's, I don't know, that's fascinating to me. And it's going to be interesting to watch. Then as we, we look forward, Michigan, Ohio State. What do you guys think the chances are that that game gets played? I'll point this out. Ohio State, if they were to take the field this week, would be the first team in the Big Ten. Not the first in the country. Some have done it in the country. But first in the Big Ten to have a COVID outbreak and only miss one game. I mean, every other school has missed two. Most in the country, you miss two when you, when you deal with something like this. I don't know what... What uh, makes Ohio State so special that they can uh, avoid potentially a second week? But I think that's their plan is to take the field tomorrow. So, yeah, would Michigan, you know, where would Michigan fall in that? Uh, it's just interesting to think about whether you think that game will be played or not on uh, December 12th. It's tough for me just because we don't know the numbers, the exact numbers with Michigan. I mean, there was a reported Thursday night, like I said, by the AP that 12 people had contracted it. But I know Michigan, I'm assuming, is doing more contact tracing with individuals that may be been exposed. So it's tough to say just because we don't have the numbers. Um, I, I think of Michigan, I don't know if you leave the decision up to Jim Harbaugh, which obviously doesn't have the ultimate decision. I think he want to play the game. If you ask some of these players, maybe not because the way the season's going. It's so tough to say, and I know from Ohio State's perspective, a they want to play for bragging rights because you know, you know they're going to win the game and probably win it handily. But they also are going to need that sixth game to qualify for the Big Ten championship. So I, I don't know at this point. I could see it going either way. Uh, I know it's probably going to be drama filled next week. I'm sure you're going to hear some folks from Ohio State side chirping that they're going to a they're Michigan scared of us. That blah blah blah. They don't want to play. Uh, I, I really don't know. And it, it's fascinating, too, because Michigan cannot, at least according to their depart- athletic departments, they cannot resume practice until Monday at, at the earliest. So at what point next week do, does, is the cutoff line for Michigan? I mean, can they can they go without practice maybe Monday, maybe Tuesday? I, I don't know. So it's going to be a, the early the first couple of days next week, are, I think, are going to be the telltale sign here. The, the real question we should be asking is if Michigan is enabled to play, will the Big Ten schedule a, a different game for Ohio State so they can get another game in. I mean, with based on what's been going on in Minnesota, you'd have to believe that they won't be able to play again for the next couple of weeks either, just because how large their number of cases have been. Uh, I think that could be a possibility, too, to get Ohio State that extra game and, and to possibly get them eligible for that Big Ten championship. Aaron mentioned hearing a lot from Michigan fans, and I have too. And I mean, I just don't, many would be perfectly fine with the season essentially ending now. Whether they wave the white flag or not, they're fine with no more games. In normal years like this, there haven't been many where Michigan's been this bad. But the Ohio State game can be, can salvage your season. It's one of those where you win that and it's like almost all is forgiven in a way. I think that'd be the case again this year, just based on Michigan's record and Ohio State's record. But there's just no reason to believe that that would actually happen, uh, that they'd rather just save themselves the embarrassment of, you know, another lopsided loss. Yeah. I mean, I'm in the believer of in college football, anything can happen. If you take the yep. field, anybody can upset anybody in any, any day. And I still believe that. But given the seriousness, Ohio State takes this game with Michigan every year, and and the things riding high on you know on their season, whether it's playing the six games or they, whether it's you know qualifying for the Big Ten championship game, the rivalries involved, 
I had, there's no reason for any of us to pick Michigan to, to beat Ohio State this year. And I, I know in previous years we've thought, oh, maybe it could happen. I think some of us have picked Michigan to win. That's not going to be the case this year. You know, if this game does happen, it's it's projected to be a blowout. It likely will be. Um, but you're right. You know, an upset could totally change things. It could change the trajectory of uh, thought process in the season. It could change the trajectory of Jim Harbaugh's future. But you're right. I I don't I don't see a really a scenario where that that comes close to happening. Oh, hypothetically, what if Michigan had Patrick Mahomes at quarterback against Ohio State? They had Patrick Mahomes at quarterback. They probably wouldn't be in the situation right now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but that's a good uh, thought. We'll be back next week to talk about where things stand with the Michigan football program one way or the other. Maybe some more podcast on uh, the basketball program. Maybe even a little hockey talk. We'll see where things take us next week. But we'll be back one way or the other. Wolverine Confidential Podcast. Thank you for listening.